Hey, Luke. Hey, Fro. What animal does Russian milk come from? I don't know. Moscow's. <laughs> this week on Another Digital Citizen, we'll be talking about News of the Week, TV of the Week, Castle Rock Episode 7, The Milk Conspiracy, Movies of the Week, and another digital review of The Happy Time Murders. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. and uh, gentlemen and welcome to another digital uh, citizen hello luke hi fro hi everybody episode 151 some hard alcohol episode for you i guess <laughs> i guess so how's your week been pretty good uh there's a little festival in my area i didn't really go to but there were a bunch of people around that i haven't seen in a while um saw a couple old friends uh, other than that, it's been pretty nice and just hanging out, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I had one of those weeks where, oh, is it Wednesday already? <laughs> oh, okay. That was my week last yeah. week. This week was like, yeah. felt like it went by really slow, but it's kind of nice. I, I was like, what? It's Wednesday? Yeah, and I'm going on, uh, on um, getting sick, so that's good. Say that again, you kind of broke it up. I'm brewing on getting sick. Oh, you're you're on the way to sickness. Okay, I get it. Yes. I'm on my way to sickness. <clears throat> so, if you hear things like that, I'm uh, getting cold. Right, you gotta get ahead of it. What are, They have some things that you can take, uh, like Theraflu. There's a few things you could take before you get sick that like help you not get sick. I know there's one, a couple that are really good. Why can I not think of it? There's one that was, like, invented by a teacher uh, for teachers because, you know, they get sick all the time from kids, you know, uh, being in class. So I know there's one out there that was invented by a teacher that's pretty well known that's pretty good, I would recommend. I just got to remember what it's called. Maybe later in the show. Mm. Uh, I watched the Logan Paul uh, fight this week. I'm guessing you didn't. Oh, my God. You watched it? No, I... I yeah. saw the. I know what the outcome is. Is that good enough? I mean, I didn't think I really needed to pay the money and watch it. Oh, did I say I paid for it? Right. Okay. There. Yeah. You, did you watch it live <laughs> or did you watch it after the fact? Yes. No. Oh, you watched I it watched live. It. Okay. Yeah. 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 I watched the whole thing from bottom cards to best card. 
Me alone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, How was yeah, the boxing as far as quality boxing? It's, I'm guessing it's not that no, great. It's shit. Okay. And uh, what I you're mean, saying, scarce is not a good boxer, bro. <laughs> I, I am saying that scarce is not a good boxing boxer. But uh, funny enough, it's like everybody's like so pissed off of the ending of uh, the KSI uh, Paul Le, Logan Paul uh, fight because it went to a draw. Well, I think what people are pissed off about is they think it's a work, kind of. They I think, think it's, it's a way a to set up for another fight, yeah. Of course it's a work. Yeah. I mean... I, is it a work, it, though? Like, in, like, did they legitimately go, hey, let's have this come to a draw, or like... Yes. I don't know. That... I, I'm, I'm going to stick my uh, uh, tongue out and say yes. I mean, it's not like boxing has a clean history of... Uh, they're not being fixed fights. So I can't say, you know, there's no backup that I can go, yeah, but look at all the times they didn't cheat. It's like, yeah, but in boxing, people cheat all the It happens all the time. So I can't yeah. really go against you there, Fro, but I wouldn't say there's a lot of evidence other than circumstantial that it was fixed. But Well, here's the thing. Uh, there, um, before the match, it came out their um, contracts okay. came out. And that was uh, that uh, it would be another match in Los Angeles next year, I think. I'm not sure if it's this year or next year. Don't quote on me when it was. Okay. Uh, but it would make no sense to have a... Stipulation about a next match if there was a clear winner, because the whole thing was like. Uh, well, you could always have a rematch, uh, was, uh, like where one person wins and then the other person is right. trying to get the win back. Right. Yeah. But the whole thing was like uh, both KSI and Logan Paul had said, like, "Oh, this is going to like stop them. I'm never going to fight them again." Uh, I'm right. going to show them who's the stronger link. And uh, if, let's say... Uh, but that's Logan classic. The, the other thing, Fro, is that's classic uh, boxing banter. That's not like... Oh, right. I, I agree. But let's say Logan Paul won. Or e even better, K KSI. What arguments could he come with that would get him into another fight? Like, my, my, my biggest... Right. Like, There's always a my, way to do it, though. There's always a way to do it. Uh, it's easier if it's a draw, if you get what I mean. Sure, but like I said, there's still just circumstantial evidence. There's no hard, hard evidence. That's what oh, no, there, there, there's yes. no hard evidence other than me being a, a conspiracy theorist that actually believes this is true. Right. Speaking of conspiracy theorists, I'm looking at this website right now. I think this is pretty much breaking news. Is this hap Oh, this happened last night, okay? Infowars Alex Jones caught watching transgender porn on his website. Uh, oh, on his mobile. I guess yeah. so. It says here, for a split second, a camera revealed an array of open tabs, including a page called Naughty T-Babe Marissa Minx, who is apparently an Australian mm -hmm. adult film actress, uh, number one 
adult model in Australia is what I guess her website says, but that's not really surprising. And people are saying this is ridiculous because he has come out against the LGBT community many times. Uh, I guess Alex Jones is saying, uh, they're saying it might not be his phone, is what I'm reading. <laughs> so, interesting story there. Mm. Whose phone is it, then? Somebody else who works there, probably. You know what I mean? So it's mm. still not any... That doesn't make it any better. Uh, it's still a funny story. Have you heard the story that uh, Netflix doesn't like the term binging? Oh, I, I figured we'd go into that in the TV round, but we can go into it now, I guess. Yeah. They don't like the term binging, look. They don't want people to say it anymore because it's not their term, you see. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> it's what? Yeah, it's like it is. It is like if I if I think. No, whose binging, term is it? If it's not their term, I'm confused. I, I, that, that, that's exactly what I mean. Somebody like, probably holds it, a copyright on it. I guess. I I guess I have no clue. But it's like uh, I, we have two things that is like main uh, picking to this. Uh, I want to talk about the the, the actor, uh, Gay Pierce. Uh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Yeah, from the Innocents. I haven't seen this, but it's filmed in Norway, so I guess I should. Um, said, I don't think Netflix liked the term binge, Pear said when he uh, uh, asked by Empire if viewers uh, would binge watch uh, the incidents. Uh, when we did the promotion for the Innocents in the United States, we were strictly sort of instructed be, be beforehand not to talk about binge watching. Hmm... Well, I mean, I guess I can see how... Okay, now, actually, I'm seeing something here, bro. NationalEatingDisorders.org. Why the phrase binge-watching is triggering to... Uh, right. It's they're, they're suggesting this is triggering to people who maybe have an eating disorder. Uh, at least that's what NationalEatingDisorders.org is saying. I don't know if that's why Netflix is doing this. Uh, but I guess, I mean, the term binge is a little bit negative when you think about it. So I can understand how they wouldn't want to be associated with it. I, I I don't know if I agree it's a negative thing because I use it a lot. Uh, that doesn't <laughs> make it not a... Like it, other people are going to see just the term binge as a negative thing because you're it's like over-consuming something. Binging or... It's like if you were to... Uh, consumed tons and tons of alcohol. It's a binge drinking. You know what I mean. So there is negative connotations to the term that aren't that don't have to do with TV. That have to do with alcohol and have to do with food and other things. So there is negative connotations, whether you think so or not. And it also wants to be seen as more luxe. That's like that's the most like more <laughs> deluxe. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because it's like... As opposed to what? Isn't Netflix, like, the biggest streaming service? Like, more deluxe than Amazon, which is crap, basically, so... Uh, Yeah, no, 
Netflix declares the binge watch is the new normal. They said in 2013. Uh, I in in uh, uh, press release. So I'm guess they are going back on it. So what should we call it? Netflix. Well, Netflix has been taken over by different management, so it's probably just different management that's saying that. So. Right. So what should we call it then? Watching TV, like I always call, called it. <laughs> I'm going to call it binge watching. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like I used to. There used to be, uh, like, if you were, if 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 before the internet, when we were watching TV, and there would be a marathon of shows, we would call it. Right. We watched a mar- marathon of shows. So maybe that's what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Marathon. Yeah. I mean, that's what it, it used it. to be called before it was called binge watching, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, we talked about this Oregon man. Uh, yeah, we don't even really need uh, to go into this. I'll do it really, really quick, because it's just kind of yeah. a follow-up to a story we did, what, a month ago? Uh, that happened in Bozeman, Montana. Oregon man who said his... This is the funny part, though, that we didn't talk about last time. That he and his buddies were on a last hurrah tour through national parks before he entered alcohol treatment. He was sentenced Thursday yeah. to 130 days in jail for his drunken behavior, including harass- harassing a bison uh, that stopped traffic in Yellowstone Park. Uh, rank of Pendleton, Oregon, pleaded guilty during a federal court appearance in Wyoming, where the cases from Yellowstone Park are heard. So it happened in Bozeman. This guy is from Oregon, and the court case happened in Wyoming. Um the judge sentenced him 60 days for harassing wildlife, 60 days for interfering with law enforcement. Uh, I didn't see that in the video, but that might have happened later. 10 days for disorderly conduct. Uh, he was given c- credit for 21 days served because he's been in jail this whole time, I guess. So that's wow. how long ago it happened. Uh, just kind of a follow-up. I just think it's interesting that he obviously was, you know, wasted. You have to be really drunk to take on a bison like you did in this video. Yeah. Uh, but it was his last hurrah before he went into alcohol treatment. I thought that was really weird. I'm sorry to the buffalo who didn't deserve what I did to him. I think that's funny. <laughs> uh, he told a reporter. Right. It would have been yeah. even funnier if that's what he said in in uh, to the judge. That would have been even better. Yeah. So, the biggest case of this week. Oh my god, I've seen so much fun about this. Uh, Donald Trump uh was visiting uh kindergarten uh, and he got this template to color in the star spangled banner like a coloring and... sheet <laughs> yeah like a kid's and, coloring uh, sheet right and of course he colors it in wrong and people are making a big fuss out of this Donald Trump <laughs> has been mocked for appearing to have colored the flag the U.S. flag incorrectly during a visit to Children's Hospital in Ohio. This is from Sky News. The president was on a visit with Melina Trump uh, when he joined young kids in Columbus uh, in a coloring of a template of the Star-Spangled Banner. So I guess that's what it was a, a picture of. It just had the flag on there. Uh, the stripes are white and red. After after a while, the picture was picked up by a teacher uh, on Twitter, who wrote the president has colored the flag wrong? That is mm-hmm. all. Uh, we see a picture here of the tweet, and it's the president has 
from the top down of the the stripes on the American flag, it goes red, white, white, and then blue. Blue, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's funny. It's I'm funny. Uh, it is funny. Some people. Uh, one Twitter re- user wrote, "You're hilarious if you think the president doesn't know how to uh, know how the flag looks. He's coloring yeah. with children. If it was a horse and he colored it pink, would people get upset? He colored a horse, not the real color of a horse. Uh, yeah. that's a good point. That's kind of what I was thinking. Is like when you're you're you should encourage kids when they're coloring with those kind of things to like use their imagination and not like." Everything doesn't need to be like exactly how it is in real life. They're little kids, but he's the president, I guess. Maybe he's supposed to set a better example. Other tweeters posted uh, that moron needs to go back to school. His color, he's uh, his coloring is nursery school level, uh, along with his civic knowledge. Oh, I think that last part Ooh. was just like a low blow because it had nothing to do with any of the rest of this. <laughs> They're like, well, I'm not going to cite anything about his civic knowledge, but okay. Yeah, and uh, come on, it's not easy having a reminder attached to your clothing. Oh, I didn't expect that label pin. <laughs> oh, that is funny. He's got a pin of the American flag on, so he could just like... look at the pin and know how the colors are supposed to go. Yeah. I didn't even notice that till just now. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, Wait, what flag, go, what flag goes yeah. red, white in the middle, and then blue? Is that the Russian flag? Yeah, it, it is it the is Russian, the Russian flag. flag. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Don't say anything, look. <laughs> I, was, I, was go, I was going to move really quietly over that he was painting the Russian flag, yeah. <laughs> Oh, conspiracies. He made a Fjordian mistake uh, while he was Uh, drawing. I don't even know if that's a thing. A a Russian mistake. Sure. Uh, So, let's go to uh, France, where we have some um, mailboxes. That ain't mailboxes. It's a Eurotorier. Say that again? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a Yuri Torier. Yuri Tortior? Tior. Uh, Yuri Tortior. Yeah. Tortior? Tior, right? T-O... Yeah. Yeah. T-O-I-R at the end there. Okay. Anyway, uh, in Paris, uh, authorities are making a usual approach to combat... The scourge of public urination, making urination even more public. What? Um, <laughs> How does that work? Okay, continue. Yeah. Uh, the city is experimenting with completely exposed, eco-friendly urinals. The device is called Eurotorier, which combines uh, the word for urinal and pavement. Oh. The French okay. word for pavement, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that right. as well. Uh, they are not all subtle. They uh, bring r- red and heavily trafficked areas. For no, example. they're bright. They're bright red and in heavily trafficked yeah. areas. There you go. Yeah. Uh, directly next to the scene, 
and near Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, if there's any confusion, a large white and red sign with a, a red arrow and a cartoon man uh, peeing is probably clears it up. Now look at the sign, Fro. Did you see the sign? Yeah. Who pees like that? Do you lean back <laughs> like that when you pee? I don't lean back like that when oh, I pee. Uh, always look. Who made this sign? <laughs> like an alien? This is how humans pee. And the other question is, that guy in this picture peeing right now? Yeah. Or not? Or is he just standing next to it and, like, the photographer is like, oh, he's throwing some trash away, he thinks it's a garbage can, and it's just, they're just snapped a picture at just the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's even more funny that uh, uh, there's a boat going by him. Yeah, there's uh, hundreds of people on it, right. Yeah. And they're all tourists, so they probably all have cameras. <laughs> and there's a guy on the side of the river uh-huh. peeing into what looks like a trash can. Yep. Guess what I would take pictures of. But yeah, no, uh, what do you think about this fucking strange thing? Uh, well, I guess the thing here is, it says here uh, Paris has had a wild peeing problem, according to The Guardian. <laughs> Yeah. So that's why they're doing this. Uh, drunk blokes just keep pissing everywhere, is one one person yeah. says. Uh, this is a terrible pun by The Guardian. In an effort to stem flow, Paris has installed oh! some 400 oh! self-contained, self-cleaning unisex toilets. All right. Woohoo! Uh, I'd pee in one. Well, yeah, but I'm not bashful. Everything. I really don't give a crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Some people that's I don't think are going to be as uh, open to do this because they're, they're a little more bashful. And then what about women? Women can't yeah. use these. Yeah, that, I was just going to say that. You said unisex. And I was like, what's unisex about them? <sighs> can the women like get up on top of the trash can thing and sit on I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> look like it. It looks like there's like a ash, you know, like an ashtray on the top of it. Is that what that yeah. is? I have no clue. I wouldn't be surprised. Thought- it's France. We oui, oui. They smoke a lot of cigarettes. Yes, they uh, smoke and uh, they drink. That's all they do in France. Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of. Uh, I I I I go from uh, on NPR some sometime. I got this from National Public Radio. They have an own segment for strange news, and I picked this from <laughs> their segment of. Strange news, right? And it is kind of strange. Like I, I actually saw I, this I, as well. And this is the funny part because when I do the news, whenever Fro picks a story and I also happen to pick a story and we didn't even talk about it, that story yeah. automatically goes in the news. Yeah, but uh, I want to say that uh, Laurent Lebot, a designer of this urinal, tells the newspaper that the device isn't complete fix to the problem. Say that again? It hasn't completely Design. fixed the problem? Yeah, it doesn't fix it doesn't fix the problem. The okay. inventor of, of it. I mean it's gotta yeah, well at least according to that article, it does stem the problem a bit. Like it uh at least it gives homeless people a place to go instead of in the corner of an alley. 
or something like that. Yeah. So at least yeah. it's uh, it, it, there is positive things about it. It's also a little weird. I mean, the, if, if this this could never happen in America, because people freak out when a woman's breastfeeding in America. Imagine if a guy was yeah. just pissing on the side of the road. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, into a little trash can thing. People would freak out. Talking about piss in America, <laughs> uh, Democrats moved to move uh, uh, to limited role of the super delegates and you know in presidential dom- nominations. Finally, <laughs> right? Uh, finally, they've. D- I think I gave them a hard time at one point. I think uh, Jeremy sent us an email about something about the Democrats and this. And that. I was like, but they haven't done anything to like make me want to go be on their side. And finally, they've done. One thing that halfway makes me want to be on their side. But Democratic yeah. National Committee vo- voted overwhelmingly on Saturday to limit the role of superdelegates in choosing the party's presidential nominee. Moving to heal uh, internal divisions that emerged during the 2016 primaries. Uh, if you remember, the whole thing was all the superdelegates were on Hillary's side. Even when their state had voted for Bernie, the delegate would still be on her side. So Bernie could have all the votes. But ha- uh, she could get m- more delegates in certain states because the mm. super delegates weren't going with their constituency. They just wanted Hillary Clinton. And then we had the whole thing with the news showing those super delegates as like an unmovable uh, block. And so it always looked like the numbers, if you were to watch uh, CNN or MSNBC, that Hillary was always way ahead. But it only looked that way because of the super delegates. So. The reform adopted by voice vote at DNC's summer meeting in Chicago will bar superdelegates from voting during the first ballot of the nominating process. Uh, Superdelegates are lawmakers, former presidents, and other party dignitaries, which means rich people. That's what dignitaries means, bro. Mm -hmm. Uh, Superdelegates would be allowed to vote in the rare instance where a second ballot was needed to nominate a presidential candidate. Uh, the reform was pushed by DNC Chairman Tom Perez, but faced strong opposition from a relatively small vocal group of party members. But it ended up passing on Saturday. So the whole thing here is the super delegates will not have any power until, unless there is a uh, second uh, a second nomination, uh, a second ballot needed. So if there's if it's right. so close. If there's two people that are so close, they have to do a second ballot to yeah. then the super delegates will be put in, and then then basically the super delegates have the power to pick who they want in there. Which so it, I, this is good, but I don't th- personally I don't think it's gone far enough. What do you think, Fro? Um, <coughs> no, it's not going far enough, but it's it's definitely a big, big step in the right direction. Right, this is a hu- uh, huge win. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's 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 uh, with that system Bernie Sanders would have won. So if we look at it, at it through that eyes, I guess it's good. Right, or, well, I don't know about that, because remember from the WikiLeaks emails, the DNC were cheating in all these other different ways as well. So, would well, Bernie Sanders yeah. still have won? Who knows? But uh, knows? it would yeah. it would have been more fair for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and this will be more fair. So, like I said, this is definitely a win 
and maybe the next time we have one of these uh, DNC vote voice vote meetings, uh, we'll be able to move one step more and get rid of this or get rid of that. The other thing I have a problem with here, Fro, or the thing that kind of scares me about this, is when we get to 2020 and this does happen, and then we have Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders so close to each other, and then... Uh, or, like, you know, evening each other out as far as the progressive vote, and then you have one other guy who's, like, a corporate Democrat, say they're all really close, and then we go to the second vote, then the super delegates just get to pick the corporate Democrat. And if that does happen, then we're going to have all these conspiracy theories again, and it's going to be a big kerfuffle again, and people aren't going to trust the Democratic Party again in 2020. So hopefully... That doesn't happen, but we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. You just always got to look out for shenanigans with these guys. That's what I've realized. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Talk about shenanigans are the most ironic meal of the century. I think this is ironic, sad, and, yeah, ironic. Because the funeral meal leaves nine dead, dozen sick in Peru. Okay, this is from Lima. At least nine people have died and dozen became ill after eating uh, uh, consummated food at a funeral in ooh, Peruvian un, un, under Andes? Andes. Andes? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, authorities said on Tuesday, health officials said the total of 50 people were affected and 20 of those were hospitalized with stomach pains and vomiting after make, uh, after a wake the previous day in the, ooh, ah, the Aikyoku region. That's of, pretty close, so, sure. Yeah, South Central Peru. Regional Health Director Yun Tinku told the local radio station that uh, victims reportedly eating uh, a meat dish and consuming a drink of fermented corn called kisha. The food appeared to have contained oh, what? Uh, Organophosphates. A family oh, of chemicals used in pesticides, uh, said local broadcaster and health minister Silva Pesa? Pesa. Pesa, Pesa, yes. Yeah, so... Very ironic, ironic. story here. Yeah, I actually saw yeah. another story that was, like, very similar to this. Uh, mm-hmm. Pilot dies in plane crash while spreading father's ashes. A <laughs> uh, man killed... <laughs> Uh, in Massachusetts, uh, I'm sorry for laughing. After the plane crashed into a small pond where they were going to spread oh. the father's ashes, uh, the brother, a brother, his younger brother, was in the plane and survived. So another ironic. Uh, I just thought it was weird that those two stories happened both in the same week. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what uh, the song uh, by Alanis Morissette is. It's all about, right? Yeah. Speaking of South America. Yes. Uh, going to the Amazon. All right. A drone has captured a rare image of Brazilian indigenous people who have been perpetually isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. The country's National Indian Foundation said this week, video from the Foundation Jungle Expedition appears to show a figure walking through the clearing of felled trees in an area uh, the Foundation or Funai describe as being near Brazil's border with Peru. So we were just in Peru in the last story, and now we're going next door. Uh, and if you go up here and you kind of see the video, Fro, there's no audio because it's just a drone. No. Like all, all you would hear was the drone going or whatever, but right. um, kind of looks like a video you would see if like it, uh, if it was Bigfoot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, what you see? All you see, all you see is walking. Right, you just see an overhead shot of, like, the forest from above. There's a clearing, and then you just kind of see a guy walk by. But the yeah. interesting thing here is that these people are completely isolated from the rest of the world. Um, I just think that's interesting, because just to think that there's still humans out there that have never kind of interacted with modern society is kind of weird to think about. How... I wish. Well, this is kind of a weird request. I I could go down there and make a fake religion. <laughs> make yourself the religion. the god, right? Yeah. For like eight eight hundred people of them, or how many there are. So now we're going to your home state. Um, and, um, uh, is this, a? I was thinking this was about me, but it wasn't. Oh, there's something weird about this story that will get, well, there's a lot weird about this, but there's one really <laughs> strange thing that I, okay, it's just weird. Um, it, Portland it, man gets so engaged to boyfriend he made out of trash. Aww. Uh, uh, Mike Sheeter is making it official with his boyfriend he built out of wine boxes. Uh, everything happens for a Riesling, like the wine. <laughs> Schneider said over an email when asked about how the engagement came about. We got a picture of him. The Twitter picture is so funny. It's the boxed wine yeah. person, like, rubbing suntan lotion on his on back. On his back, yeah. That's it's, the best. It's worth... And, and here's the thing, like... <laughs> I, I, I find it so funny for some so so many reasons because he he made this uh, vine uh, box guy propose to him in the proposing pictures you see you see like he's crying over getting proposed to when he's I'm sure he's the one that put him there in the first well, yeah, I mean, it's all just kind of a gimmick, obviously, but yeah. it's very fun. The one picture where it's they're, like, at the mattress store, like, shopping for mattresses together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, no, it's one. Ikea. That's, it's his Ikea right there in the yeah. description. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but and, uh, and the ring. In together. Yeah, the ring is new and nice. It's, it says press here. It's just a card, one of the cardboard rings from, like, a... <laughs> right. Uh, it says oh. here that it's the. It says he became fa internet famous in February when his wine box boyfriend became the literal manifestation of the oft uttered phrase "men are trash." Uh, Schneider said he and his boyfriend Franz, which it's like the the kind of wine that the box is made out of, Franzia. Oh. Oh. Uh, 
are ready to take the relationship to the next level. He says, I think we are both ready, but hadn't talked about getting married, married explicitly. Maybe because he can't talk. Uh, the next step is to meet the in-laws. I already know my mom will love him. <laughs> I don't know about my dad. So this is the weird. The we- this is weird. Obviously, it's just a gimmick. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody's taking this seriously. But how do we know it's a boyfriend and not a girlfriend? I guess- yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's also a thing. Like, where's the penis? I guess he just. Is he gender stereotyping a, a boxed wine? <laughs> or is he gay? <laughs> I'm guessing the last thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Still very yeah. funny, though. That's, it's, that is incredibly a Portland thing to do. It's so Portland. <laughs> I mean, it would uh, be a great episode in Portland, yeah. Or uh, right? something like that. I haven't seen the last episode. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually is. Or the last season. (laughs) Okay, we're going to uh, watch something from NBC now. Um, Because uh, you didn't know this, but John McCain is dead. Yep. A lot of controversy over that. Some people really upset about it. Other people saying, well, yeah, but he was kind of a war criminal. Uh, but still, you know, uh, his family and everything, you got to feel bad for them no matter what. But yep. he was very sick. He had cancer. And earlier in the week, he went off treatment and then he passed away. But M- M- NBC did a special report after he died. And then they cut a- cut back to the regularly scheduled program. So let's see what happens there, Fro. Yep. In three, two, one, go. This this is the guy that gave us Sarah Palin, remember? guys without shirts on with like prison pants and dolphin masks <laughs> it's America's Got Talent I watched this but and it looks kind of like they're masturbating for some reason and they're kissing each other okay yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it was just it poor is, timing uh, it was just really poor yeah. timing but it's hilarious yeah it is uh, uh again a little ironic so, what is uh, Tron going to tell the truth about this week, look? Uh, conservatives and war. This is Tron Bertrand tells the truth. Politics have consequences. All of you Europe people are rebelling against immigration. Immigration is a big deal in the Swedish election. It was a big deal in the Austrian election. And it's going to be a big deal in the next German election. Germany has taken many refugees. And not everybody is very happy. Well, it's not. It always have been some. There have been problems with some of the immigration because we don't know what to do, and people in Europe, well, 
they have a little different views and most people in the Middle East would say in the least. But the problem is many of these people came here from wars we started. And then I feel the right. The people on the right, the conservatives and the nationalists supported those war. In the first in the Iraq war, Bush and Republicans were pro for it. But oh, that was also the conservatives in Norway and conservatives in many other European countries. And after that, they are very frightened because it comes immigration from the same country they bombed. Afghanistan, exactly the same. Libya, exactly the same. But they don't stop there because some of them also want to bomb. Yes, guess who? Iran. What do you think then is going to happen? Do you think that Iran is going to just live in the ruins? No, they're also going to get refugees and they will come to the countries and the right will say again, no, we don't want them. This is Im- this invasion of our privacy. If you don't want people to come to your country, stop bombing theirs. It's very fucking easy. You have lost, you have now been nearly 20 years in Afghanistan. You haven't won anything. The country is a mess. Iraq is a mess. Libya is a mess. Do you also want Iran to be a mess? Yeah, it can be. I don't say that the regime in Iran is good. The regime in Iraq wasn't good either. Not in Afghanistan. Not in Libya. But sometimes shit is... Baiting a shit is better than drowning in shit. This was Trump with Trump Tells the Truth. Have a nice day. That was uh, Trump Telling the Truth. We have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Another digital citizen at gmail.com. Have we gotten any emails this week? Uh, not that I see. So somebody uh, email us. Cool. We have a Facebook group, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I post on that Facebook group. You post on that Facebook group. A lot of people are on that Facebook group. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. Um, do you know what? I can announce it now, I guess. I'm going to join something called Scroll Free. September. Okay. Have you heard about this? No. Uh, Scroll Free uh, September is uh, a thing uh, made of the RSPH in in uh, in uh, uh, England, uh, and it's um, take a purse uh, break from like social media accounts for thirty days during September. Okay. And uh, so what? No, no, Twitter or Facebook. Does that include YouTube? Yeah. Um. Some people would consider YouTube a social media, and some people wouldn't. I don't know. Um, I was looking at those uh, like plans, uh, and it's like uh, they they go like uh, how how what is it the qualifications. Things like that, but uh, doesn't say anything about YouTube. Okay. It says uh, we are asking all social media users, not just young people, to take a break from personal social media accounts uh, through September. So, and they are saying like uh, uh, instant message apps are fine, for example. So it's just. Social media. Right, like I said, some people would consider YouTube social media, some people wouldn't. 
Uh, yeah. I don't think it's social media. You can do posts just like Facebook on YouTube now. So. Yeah. Yep. True. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so um, I'm taking part of that in September. Okay. Just to see, see how it feels. Uh, but yeah, check out uh, another digital system. Uh, TV round. I'm going to start uh, this out a little strange. Have you watched every episode of uh, Britain's uh, uh, Got Talent? I almost said British uh, Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, so we can talk about who went out this week. Uh, what did you think about that? I'm surprised by the, the second uh, eviction more than the first one because I called the first yeah. one. Uh, but yeah. the second one, I was a bit more surprised just because... Well, I, I, I really don't know why I was surprised, but uh, for H- Hardeep to go uh, get saved two times in a row was a little Two times strange. in a row, yeah. Uh, so we had Natalie leave the fir- uh, first eviction first on week. Friday. Yeah, and Chloe leaving this... Yesterday, yesterday, Tuesday, right. Yeah. So I'm guessing they're going to do another eviction on Friday? I'm guessing as well, yeah. Um, so going pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, Celebrity Big Brother is always shorter than regular Big Brother, but uh, the other thing that happened was Rodrigo got kicked out of the house. Also yeah, that's a big, big theme. Uh, for more racial slurs... That's what uh, the Celebrity Big Brother people are saying. His, his people, like his publicist and him, Rodrigo, are saying that he left on his own accord. So there's kind of a right. difference of opinion, but I'm guessing Celebrity Big Brother is probably telling the truth. Uh, fun task this week with the public eye, uh, being a public eye, that they had to do a task in front of. Um, it was all right. It was, well... What did you think about the stand-up? That's where I was going. It was about. cringy. <laughs> it was so cringy. Cringy to watch. It was hard to watch. But at the same time, it was a bit funny just because it was so awkward. Um, yeah. Clearly, he's not a good improv stand-up comedian. Oh, he obviously needs his jokes awful. written. I've never heard. I've never seen yeah. him do any kind of stand-up or anything. But uh, right. I like his kind of sense of humor just around the house, but him doing this yeah. little thing was not good. And it showed, uh, so. And it got him in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I think the they were going to vote for him to be up for nomination, even if he didn't hadn't have done that, but it didn't help. Uh, I think yeah. he'll be up for nomination again next week. Will he go home yeah. next week? I don't know, but... What did you think about Natalie leaving the house? Oh, I why do you so think happy. the public voted her out? Um, well, they did kind of a hit piece on her the last days. Uh, I will say that who Big, uh, Big Brother, Brother or really in the yeah. papers? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they Big were doing Brother... a hit piece. I think she was doing it on herself, and she didn't even realize it because she's used right. to being in an American reality show. Like Bad Girls Club, where people right. like Nobody when you gets. act like that, right? But this is yeah. Celebrity Big Brother, and she's being the arrogant American that everybody hates. Uh, yeah, I think that's why the British public voted her out because they saw her not as entertaining, 
where like if you have that kind of drama and it's real then it's entertaining mm. but i think they they see it this is like an american manufactured reality show version of uh that kind of drama and it's not as in, it's not as interesting when it's fake you know what i mean when it's manufactured as when right. the drama is real and they i think the british public saw that and said we don't want this we don't want this arrogant american faking the drama we want some real drama so and i think that's also the reason why chloe went out this week is because she's a young dumb girl that didn't take any responsibility inside the house and i think that yeah, the public the, saw that's that. what confused me why did the public vote her out when there was so much drama with her going on and the football player guy mm -hmm. like there was so much yeah. drama there and they voted her out and there was so much drama with natalie and that's where it got confusing then i started thinking are they voting people out because they're causing drama which is like the opposite of what uh the british public usually do when voting on celebrity big brother yeah. big brother yeah they usually yeah. keep the person in who's causing the drama no it, it feels like and and that's kind of strange to say. It feels like a different Big Brother this time. Do you see what or I a mean? Different audience. Yeah. 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 I think they want something it's... different now. They don't want uh, this fake ma manufactured outrage. They want some real drama, and they they can recognize the difference between the two things. And I think that's what it is. I think yeah. Chloe. I, I, I from what I'm to understand on the outside. She also is kind of hated already. So having her up, uh, she's gotten a lot of bad press uh, in England. So I think people are, mm. like, it maybe doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the show. It might have to do with other factors. Uh, mm. But I was looking up kind of some stuff, because we talked last week about her and her kidnapping. And I believe her now. I did some more research okay. and saw some pictures of, of what happened. And, yeah, I believe her now. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it, it it's. Uh, I think, I think it's really interesting. I have absolutely no clue who will win this year, um, but I, I'm I'm thinking maybe it's going to be the psychic lady. I don't like her, but I was thinking the guy from that. Married at First Sight. Yeah. I really like him. I just see the, at least the way the public's voting right now, I can see him going all the way. Yeah. But we talked a lot oh, about yeah. Celebrity Big Brother. Let's move on. Yeah. Have you seen anything else this week? Uh, I saw The Innocence this week. Oh. Which Did actually, you when you, yeah, I saw the whole thing. I binge watched, oh. the, well, I watched it in like two days, but um, mm -hmm. It's only eight episodes, but it's very really good, bro. Total, you need to go see it, and it's like a third of it's in Norwegian. So, uh, yeah, and it's there's a lot. Uh, the beginning of it's all in America, but uh, towards the end, there's a lot more filmed in Norway. Like, there's even a scene where they're boating through the fjords. So it's very ah. Norway, Norway. Uh, very good oh. scenery in the in the Norway scenes. Very cool looking. I totally recommend the show. Uh, what did I compare it to? Kind of. It I, I, I said it's orphan black. Uh, it's uh, Norwegian orphan black is what I wrote down. Because kind of Ooh. orphan blacky, but uh, hopefully it doesn't get bad like the end of an orphan black did. Um, but this first <laughs> season's really good. I'd recommend it. Uh, in the title credits, it says the innocence right, but there's a there's the line through the O. Yeah. Is that just because they're in Norway and they just made it that way, or is 
is that like would you say that the same in Norwegian if the O is like that as uh, uh no no that's what I thought so I'm like this is confusing <laughs> yeah what would you rate it out of ten I'll give it a nine out of ten. Whoa, One of the best shows this big. year so far. Super surprise. Wow. And you want a cliffhanger ending. This ta- takes other TV shows cliffhanger endings and holds those over the edge of a cliff. So Cool. Uh, oh, and, and this show, by the way, yeah. Fro, is totally second, setting up for a second season. Not sure if they have been approved yet, but uh, it's totally setting up for season two. So look forward to Innocent cool. Season 2 next year, maybe. Cool. Uh, I watched the end of Sharp Objects, the three last episodes, I think it was, yeah. Okay. Of Sharp Objects, uh, that is also eight episodes, by the way. Uh, I really, 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 really liked it. Uh, I'm going to give that whole series uh, eight out of ten. Sharp uh, Objects. Did you watch anything else this week? Oh yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff. Well, let's see. I'll get. Did you hear about the uh, the Connors? What John Goodman what? said. The Connors, you know, the Roseanne oh. spinoff show. No. John Goodman uh, was talking to a reporter, and I think he maybe kind of let it slip out. But it's he. This is. Uh, let me get his exact quote. Uh, they were talking to him about his character on the spinoff, and he said, "And Goodman said, I'll, I guess he'll be mopey and sad because because his wife is dead.' That's what he said. Uh, so it's looking mm. like they're going to kill off Roseanne for the Connor show. Cool. I think cool. we called that already, but uh, just yeah. an interesting little bit of information. What? But uh, what did you watch? I saw Jersey Shore Family Vacation season two, fro. Yay! <laughs> I don't know how they've come back with the second season so quickly, because the other season just ended, like, a month ago, and all of a sudden they have another season shot. Pretty amazing. I don't know how they're doing this so quickly. I could have sworn they said they were just going to do the one season and call it good, but I guess maybe it got really good ratings? Who knows? Um, Still really Jersey Shore. And the last thing I saw was the finale of Who is America? Final episode. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought it up. That was one of the best season finales of a show I've seen in a while. <laughs> it was very good. Uh, the uh, opening credit scene when it's like, yeah, I, I, it was very funny. But at the same time, I'm like, they're wasting time right now because they don't have like they don't have enough uh, they don't. content to fill this yeah <laughs> this show uh, this half hour show I guess. Uh, but the yeah. credit scene was still funny. It, it got me. You know what I mean? It was very yeah. Kaufman-esque, very Andy Kaufman style. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. The, yeah. Did you see after the credits? I did. OJ. OJ Simpson. That was a very funny part. I don't really like that character. That's Sasha Baron Cohen. That's like probably my least favorite character, the rich Italian guy, uh, Playboy. Mm. Uh that guy, uh, photographer guy, it's probably the my least favorite character of the characters on the show. But the one thing I... Maybe I... I don't think I missed it, but... Was Sarah Palin in the show? No. I was gonna but say. She was She was credited uh, as a, like a PR person. In the, in the credits. In the credits. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. 
<laughs> as a PR person, because yeah, right. Yeah, so that was funny. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm thinking there will be more. I don't think so. I mean, that was according to everything I've seen. That was the season finale. I can't imagine how they would be able to film a season two unless they've already filmed all the stuff. Because that's what I'm thinking. Right. That's what I'm thinking because. I don't think we're seen at all. I have a strange feeling because it was a really short season as well. There's ten episodes. Standard season. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll get more. Maybe not. We will see. Uh, I watched Worst Cooks in America. Have you ever watched this show? Have you heard about it? I've heard of it. I think I've maybe seen it in episodes, but I was not impressed by it. It's the worst cooking show I've seen in a while. I downloaded a pack of it. It has 13 seasons and I was like thinking, oh, I haven't watched anything of this before. The premise is kind of ingenious. They are uh, putting people that can't cook into a cooking show and making them better. I can understand that premise and it's a good premise. Doesn't sound like it would work to me. That's the thing. It doesn't really work. Because they can't cook, right? Right. And it's a cooking contest. Yeah. It's like having a singing contest where the worst singer wins. With deaf people? Right. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I also watched (laughs) another thing, uh, and that's the last thing I watched this week, and I... It's called Strange Angel. I don't think you heard about this. Huzzah! (laughs) Huzzah! I'm bringing that back. Um, I'm bringing Huzzah back, because I don't think it's used... used, It hasn't been used since the 16th century. I think we can bring back Huzzah. (laughs) Huzzah. Uh, This is a good show. I really enjoyed this show. Uh, Yeah. Uh, What did you think about it scaring Christian Republicans, bro? (laughs) <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I can understand it. <laughs> Those rockets are the but, devil. Uh, the rockets is the devil. But uh, yeah, no. But uh, uh, it was a really good cliffhanger. Uh, it's clearly going to have a season two. So... Right, there's in that's the thing about the show. There is an inevitable conclusion because number one, it's a true story. So right. if you read about it, you actually know how it ends. But this is clearly based on a true story, right? So based on yeah. I don't think yeah, he actually I, got knocked over in the middle of an airfield by Satan. Uh, so yeah. You don't think that? I maybe, yeah. maybe it happened, but. Uh, but I will give Strange Angel uh, 8 out of 10. I, I really enjoyed it. So much good TV this year. It's crazy good TV this year. Oh, yeah. But uh, thank you for recommending me that. Yeah, I mean, the acting and the... the how did you... the They really kept it feeling like the 1950s. That's the part that I yeah. really liked about yeah. it. They really stuck to that whole feeling of it and... Uh, I mean, it's just weird and fun, yeah. And the wife did the best uh, acting job, the wife of this 
guy. Right. The main person. Yeah. She's very good. She's she's really good. Hey, uh, do you drink milk on a normal yeah, basis? I, I had milk this morning. I hate milk. I had a protein shake, so like it had some chocolate po- protein powder in my milk. Yep. Ugh. I'm not a big milk fan. Oh, okay. Why not? You just don't just like to drink it? it? Like, what about cereal? Do you have it in your cereal? Oh, yeah. I have it in my cereal, yeah. Sure. Okay, so you just don't like to drink milk, but, like... Yeah. You... you uh, what's a good example? You would like a, a, a clam chowder, which is basically just yeah. milk, right? So. Or a milkshake, I would like. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cocoa, I would like. This sounds like me and tomatoes. Like, I like salsa. I like ketchup. I like uh, pasta sauce, but if you yeah. slice up tomatoes and put them in a salad, I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no beer milk, like from the can. No, Mm-mm. I could never ever like drink milk straight out. Huh. Okay. Yeah, not my thing. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about the milk conspiracy. What is the milk conspiracy? I guess the best way to put it is it's a conspiracy that the dairy industry is working with the U.S. government to sell milk to the American people using propaganda, uh, even though milk doesn't actually have any benefits that they claim it has. Is that kind of a good, easy breakdown? Because in Norway, we have the same. Like, if you want to be strong... And cool, like this, uh, like Petter Nordug, uh, one of the most famous uh, ski skiers in Norway. Okay. He's on, on the milk commercial every day. they like, oh, milk is so full of calcium. You need calcium for your bones. Right. It, it was uh, d- Does the Body Good uh, was yeah. one when I was really young. Uh, and yeah. then they came out with the more famous one, which we'll cover in a minute. But... Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, it's it's not just an American thing, right? It's oh, all over the oh, place. It's really, Norwegian as well. It's a huge. The Norwegian milk industry is fucking huge. Huge. Yeah, I, from what I'm understanding, the Canadian milk industry is very weird. If you start, to, we we don't we didn't re, I didn't really do a ton of research that I put on this topic because it's not really about it. But there's a lot of weird things going on with the Canadian milk industry and. The way the government buys up its milk and stuff, uh, they do it at like a, one person gets a bid and then everybody gets a lower price after that person or something. Like it's really weird in Canada. But let's see, where did this all kind of start? Why did the all these governments decide, hey, we gotta push milk on people? Like why is that, bro? Why? I mean, it comes out of a cow, right? Does it make well, sense that humans should be drinking milk that comes out of a cow? I guess that's the question. The easy answer is is really, uh, and this is going to sound uh, really against the farmers, but it's because we have a big farming industry. Yeah, but you personally, okay? When mm. If you look at it just, let's say you were an, a, a space alien that came down, and right. you went to a middle school, and you went into the cafeteria, and you saw all these kids 
drinking, drinking milk. cow milk. All these human yeah. children drinking milk that comes out of an animal with four stomachs. Uh, as that alien, would you go, this is weird, or would you go, oh, yeah, that's just, you know, they're just drinking no, milk? No, that's, that's super weird. It is super weird. It is a little weird. I mean, but the thing is, yeah. we've been doing it for, it's not like a new thing. It's not like oh, no. in World War Two, which we're about to talk about, all of a sudden, everybody was drinking milk. I mean, it, uh, it, it's been a long time that we've been making cheese and we've been uh, drinking milk from cows and goats and other animals. But back then, it was more because it was a survival thing. Like, we needed the milk to survive. You know what I mean? Uh, we mm. made cheese because it could be preserved for a really long time. It was just a way of preserving the milk. Uh, but now, I don't know if we really need milk anymore. Uh, but it's now still pushed. Why, it's why. still pushed by the dairy industry that we do. Yeah, but it's continue. the di- dairy industry. That's what I was going to say. Because, because uh, I mean, it's 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 the, uh, it's a cross between uh, the di- dairy industry and the meat industry. Because, like, okay, we're we're using cows in two ways. We're not only using it for for milking, remember that, but we're also killing it because we need meat. Right. So it's kind of... Usually like, after it, it can no longer make milk, right? Yes, yes, usually. would <laughs> be kind of still killing a good milk cow. But yeah, but... but and does it do more harm than good? That is also like a good thing to talk about because like uh, we we do get enough calcium and other nutrients by other things do, do, do we need milk it's a good good question especially in this day and age like maybe 200 yeah. years ago I would say yeah of course we need milk we need that to uh, because we don't have we can't spread food around. You need to have a dairy cow at your house, you know what I mean? Where now, right. milk, you can get it at any store and they're all over the place. Uh, but there's, in that same store, all these other vegetables and things that have the same nutrients in them. But let's get into why the dairy industry started kind of working with the government to push this idea. Right. So, can I just say, say one thing before we go into it? Like, sure. And and, and and if you look into it, there's even a more stupid industry out of it. Uh, you have the uh, soya milk industry, and you have also the milk out of, uh, um, like, nuts, nuts industry. Almond uh, milk, like, right. Uh, almond milk industry, yeah. So it's not only because, like, uh, even, even if you lack... Toast intolerant, <laughs> the government is pushing it on you. That's right, what I this, find. A lot in. of the same companies that produce the milk make that almond yes. milk or make that uh, uh, ice dream so, or yeah, whatever milk. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, let's see. The answer it says here uh, is a little. Uh, article I found. The answer is a little complicated as to why the dairy industry is so involved with the government, but let's start with a little history. The dairy, dairy industry has always been a big player in domestic agricultural practices since World War One, when milk was produced 
to increase exponentially to provide the military overseas with a reliable source of nutrition. Uh, mm-hmm. which at, didn't just include the American military because we had allies all over the place. So we were also... Yeah, the, like the, Norway. The dairy, yeah, like Norway, exactly. So the dairy industry yeah. was sending milk, especially powdered milk, all over yeah. the world. So they were making tons of money during World War One. They were... The milk industry was profiting off of war, when you think oh, yeah. about it. And it says here, however, when the war ended and the market for dairy products uh, died down... American farmers were left with overwhelming surplus of milk. Uh, though the government did what it could to buy and distribute, uh, it abroad it as emergency aid and sell it to foreign countries. So they're just like, how the fuck do we get rid of all this? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. There was just too much excess uh, to be worth the expense, so they stopped buying it. Uh, this, of course, uh, made the dairy producers not happy because they're losing tons of money. I mean... Imagine how much money they were making during World War One, and then all of a sudden the war stops, and all these, not only does our government stop buying it, but all these other governments from all of these other countries stop buying it. Uh, oh, yeah. In order to keep up dairy sales, they the dairy industry struck a deal with Congress to create the USDA-sponsored PSA promoting milk to the public. Uh, cue the Got Milk uh, propaganda. Mm-hmm. The industry influences doesn't stop at creating TV spots and magazine ads. Other major elements in this multi-million dollar business is politics. Uh, And then we'll get into that in a minute. But let's go ahead and watch the original Got Milk ad. This is the first Got Milk ad that ever aired on TV. And I remember this Got Milk ad, like, incredibly clearly. Um, This Got Milk ad is before... Like, when we think of Got Milk ads now, you think of celebrities, right? Right. But it didn't really actually start out that way. It started out um, with this commercial. So give me a countdown when you're ready for it. In three, two... Oh, fuck. (laughs) In three, two, one, go. Okay. Guy making a peanut butter sandwich. Is that stupid shammy? No. And that was the Vienna Wood Dancing Bee. Are you sure? Kind of looked like him. Mm, no, he's, uh, he was kind of a big actor in commercials at the time. Oh, he doesn't have any milk. I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry, maybe next time. Got milk. So that was the original Got Milk ad. Have you ever seen that before, Fro? No. No, that's funny. When you see the Got Milk ads now, it's like, you think of like the milk mustache and everything that make that puts it yeah. into perspective as to why got milk like actually would make sense in the commercial yeah. where yeah. just having a milk mustache doesn't really got milk is just kind of a weird slogan, but right. Uh, and also I think it's funny that Hamilton's involved in that whole thing because yes. that yeah. makes it like the government involved. And what we found out here is that the government aided with the USDA and the uh, milk industry to create these commercials to sell milk to the American public. 
So, actually, I'm going to go back and read that part about the dairy industry. I think this is where we get into the actual dairy industry. So, uh, the industry's influence, right, I read that. Uh, When I mean politics, I'm talking about lobbying. Numerous members of Congress collectively receive more than a million dollars from the dairy industry to keep their products ingrained in federal nutrition guidelines each time the review comes around. Mm. Uh, And the other thing that I think is, it's not mentioned in any of these articles, but it was mentioned in one of the videos I sent you, Fro, Mm. uh, is is the idea that these companies also work with other food corporations to put milk in everything right like you can go and look at some of the things that you wouldn't expect and there's tons of these things that you would not expect to have whey in them but whey is a byproduct of milk that they can sell to these companies and uh it's used as a filler a lot of the time but so many things have whey in them uh that you would be like that you would see it and go, why the fuck does that thing have milk in it? You know what right, I mean? But right. all these things have whey. So that's another way they're kind of selling it and putting it in things. Even if you don't know you're consuming the milk that they're selling, you may be consuming it anyways. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> so let's go way, and that's kind of the strange thing about this. Like, oh, when we're talking milk, we're talking yogurt, we're talking cheese, we're talking... So many things that has milk in it. Bread has milk in it. Cottage uh, cheese, right. Cottage there's cheese. All... There, there's like, there's so much things that you but use every day. But there's weird things like f- fruit snacks and like, oh, yeah. you know, weird random things. Crackers that you would oh, not yeah. expect to have whey in them or like uh, chips. Like, I'm pretty sure Doritos have whey in them. I'd have to look that up. I know there's certain like kinds of chips that have, you're like, why would a potato chip need way in it but they do um so let's go to that dairy uh lobbyist industry group page that i found this is opensecrets.org so this is all the kind of background and stuff about the dairy industry um why don't you read that little opening page for the dairy industry include dairy farmers and manufacturers like land or lakes butter and mayfield ice cream lobbying spending the Dairy industry has fluctuated over the years, but has trended upwards. Lobbying doubled from 2003 to 2013, from $4 million to $8 million. Contributions, meanwhile, has grown from $3 million to $5 million over the course of the last three presidential elections. When they say contributions, they mean over the last three presidential elections, the law, uh, the dairy industry has given presidential yes. campaigns three million to five million dollars each year. And it's kind of funny that it's so Republican, but we will, we will talk about that a little later. Uh, yeah, let's get into that right now. As far as the totals of how much money is being given to who, let's go through that a little bit because there is a a breakdown chart on this website of who the uh, who well not the specific person but democrats or republicans who the dairy industry is giving money to so let's start in 1990 fro um you see you do see the chart i'm talking about yes it's under totals right yeah so go opensecrets.org and go to totals there's a chart you go down to 1990 uh and you look at the percentage of 
how much money their their industry is giving to Democrats and how much of it's been giving to Republicans. 1990, 60% is being given to Democrats and 40% is being given to Republicans. Let's go to this past election cycle, 2018. What do you what do you see there as this year? Uh, how much money uh, the milk industry is giving to Dems and Republicans? From? They gave uh, five hundred and sixty-two thousand five hundred and six million dollars uh, to Democrats and one point eight million uh, two hundred and sixty-three dollars to republicans right so, so in 1990 24% to the democrats and 76% to the republicans right so in 1990 the democrats got 60% republicans got 40% to move up to 2018 they're giving the Democrats 24% and the Republicans 76%. Yes. It's not only completely switched, it's gone way past switched. Yeah. Uh, 16% past. Um, and this has been a trend since, let's say, where is the first time it switched? In the 1996 election, actually. So the 99. 99- so that would have been Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yep. Because in the 1994, uh, and this is kind of, this is how, how, how much different it is. In the 1994% election, it was given 61% to Democrats and 39% to Republicans. Then, uh, two years later, 96, it was given 31% to the Democrats and 68 to the Republicans. And since that, it's just been Republicans. I guess the other thing we should go through is the total contributions. I think the most important thing is to go through the 2016 and the 2018. So 2016 is, this is the presidential election of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. How much in total did the milk industry give to Democrats and Republicans, whether they be congressmen or presidential or whatever, in total, they gave about a little over... Four million dollars in the yeah. 2016 election to uh, a little like half of it to individuals, uh, and then about half of it to uh, different super PACs uh, right. for people. So, 2018, so far, they've only given uh, 2.7 million, so. Yeah. A little over half of what they gave in 2016, but 2018, a lot less elections. There's no presidential election, so not surprised they spent less, and it's also not the end of the year. I guess we should also point that out. Uh, so they could make the $4 million by the end of the year. But it just shows that not only is the milk industry just selling you milk and there's a possibility it isn't doing anything, but they're really lobbying and they're affecting the elections as much as anybody in America. Yeah. They're spending lots of money to get politicians elected to do things that they want. And talking about the lobbying, we maybe should see, look a little uh, to that if we go to the uh, lobbying page. Right. Um, uh, we see the total uh, for diary uh, is 3.6 million more or less. 
Uh, right, of, in, in 2018, that's yes. what we're talking about, right? Uh, number of clients reported is 30, number of lobbyists reported is 62, and the number of uh, revolters is 33, and that's 53.2%. And uh, we get uh, how much money the different companies has uh, contributed uh, on the top we have land of lakes with uh, 700,000 uh, uh, 710,000 industry diary foods assessment. association yeah yeah uh, 60 670 and then on third we have uh, diary farmers of america with 564 $1,614. All right, and the next two down are the Select Milk Producers Incorporated and National Milk Producers Federation. Right. Uh, so, like, the top one is Lando Lakes, but the next four down in the top five are all uh, Dairy Farmer of America or, like, some kind of milk uh, association, like a big uh, lobbying conglomerate that are giving money for these things. It's not like a individual company giving money it's a big uh, uh what's a good word for it lobbying entity right but it, it is interesting because i knew absolutely uh, nothing about this i had to look up land of lakes i i don't know if you know anything about it oh i mean it's a big brand here in america i okay. see it in the store all the time but go ahead what did you find Land of Lakes Incorporated is a member-owned uh, architecture incorporated based in Minneapolis, St. Paul, suburb of Arden Hills, Minnesota, focusing on diary industry. It has uh, 4,535 farm owners, and that is number from 2013, so I'm guessing... That has uh, plummeted. Uh, their revenue in 2013 was 14.24 billion dollars in 2013. That's probably their record profits because actually, if you go back to the dairy lobbying page, there's a chart up at the top of like the from 19 uh, 1998 to 2018. Each year, how much the dairy uh, Dairy industry spent on lobbying, and 2013 is the highest year. Right. Uh, it's about eight, uh, $8.3 million. It was like the highest year in those years that they spent on $8.3 million just on lobbying to congressmen and stuff. Actually, if you go back to the bottom of that page, uh, there are a few biz uh, uh, coalitions and associations that haven't given any money to lobbying, and one of them, the National Yogurt Association. No. <laughs> Why are you not helping them, people? Why are you not helping them? Yogurt is really good. <laughs> okay, the, if you go to like the money to Congress, we already kind of, we covered that because that's yeah. in the totals and everything. So we don't really need to go through that. So yeah, let's go to our next little topic. Well, we were talking about way kind of being in everything. It's in potato chips it's in all like uh fruit snacks all these things you would not expect it to be in mm -hmm. 
there is a kind of subsect of people who believe that certain kinds of dairy, like whey, uh, whey is a product of cheese, and cheese uh, are addictive. And some people say, uh, uh, some doctors are calling it dairy crack. I guess this is an old kind of term. Yeah, we have Dr. Uh, Neil D. Bernard. He has written a book called The Cheese Trap, uh, How Breaking Surprising Addiction Will Help You Lose Weight, Gain Energy, and Get Healthy. And it's a New York best time seller. So It sounds you know. like a, a self-help book, so I don't know how much I trust uh-huh. it, but he's not the only person I've heard talking about it. We also saw a few different people i sent you a couple youtube videos of people talking yes. about it and yes. one of the guys was actually a scientist and knows what the hell he's talking about but this that, guy yeah. is writing a self-help book but, but uh, there's some part of, of it uh, i think it's interesting he says a cup of milk contains 7.7 grams of protein 18 percent which is uh, casein more or less turning it into cheddar cheese multiplies the protein count sevenfolds to 56 grams. It's the most uh, countered form of casein in any food in the grocery store. Call it uh, dairy crack. So he's he's saying that this... Right, uh, let's go into what case it is, because you kind of skipped over that and then went into this. Uh... If you've never thought of dairy products as being addictive, uh, with the personal exception of milk chocolate, uh, the author says, uh, Barnard explains that dairy protein, which is uh, specifically a protein in it called casein, has opiate molecules built into it. Uh, When baby cows nurse, he notes, they're getting dosed with a mild drug. Mm -hmm. Uh, Milk contains opiates that reward the baby for nursing. Uh, it's no different with cow's milk uh, and other mammalian milk. So that makes sense why the opiates would be in the milk to begin with is because it keeps the baby coming back uh, to nurse instead of uh, forgetting to or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so that actually makes sense as to why they're in there. And if 80% of uh, the 7.7 grams of a cup of milk is that casein, that is a lot of presented twice that is kind of this uh, ad- addictive part right well that and that it has an opiate uh, attached to it right. a case in ha- is a natural opiate uh, which would affect our, our system just like any other opiate but I think this is probably a little it's more mild but what this guy's saying it's mild it's not gonna like get you high like heroin or like morphine but it's going to keep you addicted uh, without you really even realizing it. Right. It says, the idea that any food, including cheese, can be addictive in the same way as a drug is misleading but uh, and will add to consumer confusion about healthy eating. Uh, Miller of the research for from Harvard School of Public Health uh, says. Mm-hmm. So this guy is saying... Uh, he's saying... Actually, when you read it, it says the idea that food can be addictive in the same way as drugs is misleading. Is he saying that, yeah, it is addictive, but it's not as addictive as heroin? So you're still saying that it's addictive, though. Yeah, he's kind of admitting that it is addictive, but not as addictive. 
addictive. But he's, all he's saying is that, but comparing it to drugs is irresponsible because right. it's, no, it's nothing like getting addicted to heroin. Which, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so that really comes down to, uh, within the conspiracy we're talking about here, some people believe they're putting way in all these things because they want to get you addicted to them. Yeah. It's an interesting concept, I guess. Uh, still not a lot of proof that cheese is really, really physically addictive that I found. No. Uh, and I have to admit that I tried to uh, get this book uh, uh, and read a little in it. And uh, I did find it uh, online. And uh, I mean, it's a, it's a help book. Yeah, it's a self-help book, yeah. obviously, which yeah. are not very reliable. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking, even with all the research we've done and all these people talking about it, um, are poppy seeds addictive, Fro? I've heard rumors about that, yeah. I, I don't know, but I know that like, if you take a drug test and you've eaten like a poppy seed muffin, yeah. you can it can like test positive for... Uh, Miss Mythbusters did that really early in their Mythbusters uh, uh, season, right? Yeah, it, and, and they it came out positive. Yeah, on okay. Drugs. So I'm just wondering if this is true. Then is poppy seeds even more addictive than milk? I don't know. I guess that's more research we'd have to do. But <laughs> overall, let's. I'm going to break this down so we can do our final thoughts. What yes. the conspiracy theory is, really, is that after World War One, the government got involved with the milk industry to sell uh, milk to all these people, even though they didn't need it, so that the dairy industry could stay afloat because they were right. losing money hand over fist. And they had way too much milk. Uh, and after that, the dairy industry wanted to even make more money, so they realized, hey, we can put this whey in everything, and it's addictive. Uh, we can sell this whey, and it... And the other companies, uh, you can uh, you can sell it to them and say, "Hey, this will get people addicted to your product." That you're going to sell a lot of it if if that's the case. Uh, and then we have the Got Milk ads, which are uh, government milk industry propaganda. And we also have the dairy industry giving tons and tons of money to politicians to get them to do what they want. So I mean, when it comes to the conspiracy theory, as far as is I guess the real conspiracy is the government working with the milk industry to try to get you to buy milk even though you don't need it. Yes. Uh, and I think it's, yeah. Yeah. I think the answer is true, and I think this is a real conspiracy. Like, yeah. For real. But is it dangerous? Yeah. Uh, I mean, some people would disagree, especially any kind of, like, vegetarian or vegan or something like that. I mean... When we were doing research, I, I don't know if you noticed, but we, there was a lot of vegans talking oh, about yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, the other thing that's cool about this conspiracy theory, it's not really a right-wing conspiracy. When you see a lot of conspiracy theories online, most of the time they're coming from a right-wing place. This is a primarily left-wing conspiracy theory. Definitely. Uh, final thoughts? I think this is... Uh... Proven, but it's not that dangerous. That's my final thought. I think it's very nefarious that yeah. they would be pushing this on people, 
Especially with the Got Milk ads and everything that are so prevalent all over the place. And they don't really tell you, hey, the government's doing this. Um, That's the part that's really nefarious about it. Uh, And I I would argue that cheese... uh, There's a lot of people that have a problem with cheese to the point where they're uh, overweight to the point that they it's unhealthy. So, especially in America, I guess is my point. So, that I can see as people pointing at as something that's dangerous. You know what I mean? When you said this isn't dangerous, I can see that as somebody pointing that out. Mm. Do I think that's the dairy industry's fault? Or do I think that's the problem of the person who's eating too much cheese? Probably the person eating too much cheese. Because you could just stop eating cheese. But mm. then you go into this and it says cheese is addictive. So, can they stop eating cheese? Oh my gosh, now I'm getting confused. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the I think you're right. I think yeah. it's true and it's nefarious, but I don't think uh, it inherently murders anybody. No, no. Uh, it rates a three on my crazy scale. I'll go three point five. Yeah, uh, but not much more over that. Hey. Oh, one thing I was yes. going to mention before oh, we go okay. out of this. Yes. Cows in India, fro. Yes. How did we not talk about that during this milk part? But that's uh, cows in India are just like revered as gods. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And that's definitely not the case in the dairy industry here in America. We treat them horribly. All right, let's move on. Episode seven: The Queen, Castle Rock. Uh, fucking hell! This episode. Uh, a little recap, please. Right. I didn't find a super long recap of this, but it, it, to be honest, it's because this episode well, was uh, right all kind yeah. of one thing. So, yes, I, I was uh, Ruth is tail. trapped. <laughs> Ruth is trapped and haunted in her own memories. The kid takes advantage of her while she tries to stop him before it's too late. <clears throat> I'm going to say this now. This is my favorite episode of Castle Rock so far. Guess what, Fro? This is my least favorite episode of Castle Rock so far. I love this episode. This is... Uh, I had so much fun with this. Uh, I watched this twice. I, uh, I have a tradition that I watch this with my dad now. That we yeah, watch this you every told us that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, week. Um, and then after I was done with it, I, I had to watch it right away. Like, right away. <coughs> and uh, I, I, I just think <laughs> Sissy Spacek as Ruth Deaver, if she doesn't win an Emmy or something for this show, I'm going to be so, so surprised. So tell me, what did you not like about this? Was it, was it that it was so confusing? Because it is a very confusing episode. I was not confused by this episode. Okay. I thought this episode was a lot of filler um, that we could have gotten in another episode. I thought this, this they made this episode to just make another episode, and it, in that way, it felt very lost. Mm. Didn't it feel like one of those lost episodes in season two where um, it goes and just focuses on one character? Remember those episodes in Lost? I do, but I liked, I liked, I liked I'm just, it. That, that's what I'm saying turned me off about this episode, is that right. it, it felt like that, and it felt like we could have gotten all this explained while we were doing other storylines. Right. Um, to me, 
it felt like it took me out of the story a little bit as far as the other episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, but also at the same time, I really liked the ending because the ending, Fro, oh. is actually, it, it's the best part. Be- I mean, most of the episode I didn't really enjoy because, like I said, it felt very Lost-like and it felt right. very much like, we're just confusing you on purpose and then at the end, this is what what's going to happen. And for me... At the very beginning of the episode, I knew it was going to happen. So right. maybe that's what, without watching it. It's not like I got spoiled. It just, right. it was very clear to me what was going to happen. Right. Um, and then at the end, you find out a little thing that makes you go, oh, wait, was that all real? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because uh, she said to him, or he said, what do you remember the first uh, thing you said to me when I got back? Right. And she says it. She said, but that was in present time. And then she's in her past memory and she says it in her past memory, but she says it because she's being affected by something that's happening in the present. So it goes, is she time traveling? Is that, that's kind of what the ending of this episode said to me. what do you think, Fro? Right. And also you have to think of the episode before it, he came out again and asked the kids, as uh, we are going to call him. Where is she? So, uh, when... Right, and then he went in the house and he couldn't find her. Yeah, Alan, Alan went to the kid and said, where is she? And uh, in this episode, when she lo- he looks for him, her, he gets shot. So it can't, it can't be that she's not... Yeah, but... Uh, in the last episode, they cut it off before he went down to that barn that the kid was staying in. He it, he just went through the kitchen and they cut off the episode. Uh, so her shooting him was only in this episode, right? But then, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, if you look on the episode before it, it, it kind of proves that sh- he wasn't shot. That's what I'm saying. No, well. What I think is, that as far as timeline goes, mm. the end of last episode where he's in the kitchen, right, and the part where he gets shot, or uh, that episode and the part where he gets shot are right after each other. Because what what I think happened that they don't show you yet, but I think they will, is that he left the kitchen, went out the back door, went down there to look for Ruth, and that's when he gets shot. Ah. Does that make sense, bro? Okay. Yeah. So it it does work timeline wise if you think of it that way. Anyway, I love this episode. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. This was my favorite episode so far. And I'll give it a 6. Yeah. We don't have to agree. <laughs> no, it's just... Th- but you understand my point as far as yeah. Lost and yeah. as far as it kind of felt like filler. So that, that's just my opinion. I, I don't Anybody else have an opinion? Part, but... Sorry, go ahead. No, I don't agree on the filler part, but I agree on the Lost part. I just think the stuff that we got revealed in this episode could have been revealed very easily in another episode uh, in a short segment. We didn't need this whole episode to explain it. But Mm. I also did like the part with the chess pieces that we got explained here in this episode. Yeah. But if anybody else has an opinion on the show, email us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, we're thinking of continuing watching TV shows uh, in this format after Castle Rock. So, if you have anything you want us to watch after Castle Rock, 
Tell us on another Digital Citizen Facebook group. Move around, Luke. Oh, let's see. What did I watch? I watched a couple movies this week. Um, I saw a movie on Netflix, I guess. Uh, came out 2018 on Netflix because I said it's there is it came out like uh end of 2017, but only in like the films, uh, film circuit. Uh, right. So I don't think that really counts, but it was called Prodigy. Uh, movie about a little girl with kind of superpowers that the government has captured and this psychologist has to try to figure out what's going on in her head. Um, very interesting movie. The the actress who plays the little girl is very, very good for a child actor. Uh, I'd recommend this movie to you, Fro. Uh, it's on Netflix, uh, so you've got it there. Um, I was pretty entertained overall. It wasn't the most amazingly shot movie because it was basically all in there was it was just one uh, piece of scenery almost the whole time but I'd give it a 6 out of 10 and I'd still recommend you go watch it Mm. 6 out of 10 cool Uh, I saw Puppet Master uh, the last Puppet Master uh, The Little uh, Reich from 2018 okay uh, have you have you have you at all seen or uh, I've seen like in like 1980s 1990s puppet master movies I'm, I didn't even realize they were still making them oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it is uh, really really bad um, it is maybe one of the worst sequels uh, I have ever seen I don't know if I've uh, I would recommend this to anybody. Uh, it's kind of strange. It has 67% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5 out of... No, 5.6 out of 10. But I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I, I found it quite irritating, to be honest. I would give it the 4 out of 10, maybe. Okay. Okay, Mr. Robot. Uh, yeah, I saw a movie, This another movie, Action Point, with Johnny Knoxville, and a bunch of the jackass guys mm. in it. Uh, oh. It was about, uh, it it's kind of a story about the 80s, uh, and he has this amusement park that's incredibly dangerous, because there's not really any rules uh, as to, like, r- ride safety and things like that, and then some other, you know bigger amusement park moves in and tries to take over. It's that classic story. It's very generic story you've seen a hundred times in movies like in the 1980s and 1990s. Very cookie-cutter story. Uh, But Johnny Knoxville and the Jackass guys are very funny in it, of course, if you like them. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it, but it's very cookie-cutter, so I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? This is good. Right, it's a comedy, and it made me laugh, and that was what it's supposed to do, so there you go. The last movie I saw was Along Came the Devil. Um, It is uh, an exorcism movie. It has 4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 5 out of 5 on Facebook for some strange reason. I would rate this a one out of ten. Uh, this was a horrible movie in in not the right way of horrible movie. When I say horror movie, okay, yeah, 
was just really bad. Oh, all right. <laughs> really bad, and I did not enjoy it. What's it about? The devil, I guess? Exorc- exorcism, yeah. Oh, exorcisms, all right. Yeah, so good. So good. So, I saw two awful movies this week. Oh, that's not fun. All right. Yeah. Well, there is no. another awful movie to talk about, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, from another, from one awful movie to another, let's talk about The Happy Time Murders. Red Band trailer. Yeah. So this Get ready for some naughty good. words, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I hate it when Muppets have feet. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Like, that just looks so stupid. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, everybody. Uh, the killer of good movies. Oh, she's a police officer. Okay, that's believable. <laughs> and the black man from uh, the office. Oh, the office, yeah. That's okay. We've got a good time for you. We're gonna catch the bastards who did these murders. Okay. Hmm. See, no Sesame Old Street. I love, I love that. Joel McHale. Hey. Yay. Joel McHale. Somebody that we actually like. Did we really need that shot of her putting glasses on? Is that selling the, the movie to anybody? Oh wow, Melissa McCarthy making a vagina joke. Stop the presses, everybody. <laughs> this this looks so fucking stupid. I'm sorry to say that. I I mean the concept is clear. Muppets cussing. Yeah. Oh, they are having sex, look. Silly spray. Yeah. I heard that was the most fun scene in the whole movie. Okay. You just, you don't just keep showing it like this on the trailer. I know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, That's not how trailers work. You don't just show the whole scene at the end of the trailer. But uh, look, uh, before we go into this, I was uh, I was going on Melissa McCarthy's uh, IMDb page uh, to find a good movie she's been in. I'm still looking. I've been here for two hours now. Okay. <laughs> Has she been in a good movie? Oh, Bridesmaids was okay. Uh, it's alright. There's nothing special, though. No. And I don't think she's the one that made that movie good, but... Oh, definitely not. Alright, Happy Time Murders. Detective Phil Phillips is a down-on-his-luck puppet who you, who used to work oh. for the Los Angeles Police Department. 
When two puppets from an old TV show wind up dead, Phil suspects something is afoot and rejoins the LAPD as a consultant. Uh, 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. And of course, one point, yeah. one out of five in the Irish Times, of course. <laughs> Fuck. Why is that there? What is that? And I went to that link. Okay. And I and I, and I, I, I I want I want to read you something because we we usually don't read from from those uh, kind of uh, links and it's like the Happy Time murders go nowhere near this incredible horrible Melissa McCarthy uh, uh, film. These ninety movie minutes are among the longest year in during the cinema this year. So that's how the review starts. Sorry, Fro. I think somebody is going by in a tractor. <laughs> you live in the farmlands, don't you? I do live in in the woods. So you looked on Facebook. Where did you? What did you find on Facebook? <sighs> yeah, let's see. I uh, got some reviews. Uh, it was kind of a mixed bag on Facebook. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. So I got. Let's see, I'll do one and one. Um, Nicholas Revister says, Awful movie. Jim Henson is rolling over in his grave. No wonder it bombed in theaters. Only made $10 million, cost 40 to make. Lowest opening for a Melissa McCarthy movie ever. Everyone who made it should be ashamed of ruining the Muppet's name. Uh, find a good one. Brenda... Uh, Morin says, love this movie. I wish there was a How It Was Made documentary with bloopers available instead of bits and pieces here and there. Glad I didn't listen to the reviews, but I didn't want to miss a, but I didn't want to miss a Melissa McCarthy movie with exclamation point. I hope you end up dating the fellow office guy you wished you had fucked. It's not too late, you know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Yeah, like every review I've found on Rotten Tomatoes says something about Melissa McCarthy being the worst thing in the movie. For example, this one star saw this last night and it was uh, absolutely terrible. Melissa McCarthy's character in the movie was somehow the worst and less funny than her role in the movie Heat. I giggled twice during the whole movie. Jim Henson is rolling in his grave. Like you said. Yeah, I get, that's pr- probably a pretty common one out there. Uh, Half a star from Daniel K. Worst movie I've seen. Uh, I can be entertained during bad movies. Heck, even uh, love movies like Troll 2 and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'm not even picky, but this movie wasn't even a little entertaining. <laughs> Roaring, not funny. Tried way too hard to be outlandish. Straight garbage. Okay. What? Uh, let's see what else came out this week. Uh, I'll start, I guess. I don't know how to say this. AXL? Axel? AXL, yeah. Okay, well, AXL. Uh, AXL is a top-secret robotic dog that has advanced artificial intelligence created by the military. After an experiment gone wrong, AXL is discovered hiding in a desert by Alex, a kind-hearted outsider who finds a way to connect with the robot. 
5 out of 10 on IMDb, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by Oliver Daly. Uh, it has Alex Newstetter, this this kid from the colony, bro. Yes. Yep. And Becky G and Patricia's De Leon. Never heard of her. Ah, uh, yes, I like her. She's pretty. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Another movie that came out was Papillon. Uh, it's based on a book. I've heard some rumors of the epic story of Henry Papillon Xavier, a safe cracker from Pakistan around the world to Framed for murder and condemned to life in notorious uh, penal colony on the Devil's Island, determined uh, to retra- uh, regain his freedom, Papillon forms an lion- unlikely alliance with convicted uh, counterfeiter Louis Dega, who, in exchange for protection, agrees uh, to fin- finance Papillon's escape. This car is directed by Michael Noor. Never heard of him. Uh, it has Charlie Hunnam, uh, Remy Malek. Oh, like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eve. Eve. Houston. Never heard of her, Houston? but she looks very pretty. Charlie. Uh, out- Charlie. That's the yeah. guy from uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Right. It is. Uh, 6 out of 10 on uh, IMDb and 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, but only 46 on Metacritics. I read the book! <laughs> you read the book, okay. So, yes, many, many years ago. It's a really... Uh, but it is uh, also a really good movie that has uh, been with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Uh, From okay. 1970. Oh, really old. Okay. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. 1970 something. I don't remember. Uh, but I love, I'll, uh, and it's, I think it's the same thing. They just modernized it. Oh, okay. So that is going to be interesting to see. But out of those uh, movies, that's my pick of the week, Papillon. Uh, let's What's see. Jeez, <sighs> it's in between AXL and Papillon. Uh, I see. I guess Papillon, just because of the reviews. But AXL does seem like kind of an interesting concept. It seems like the store or the execution probably is not as great. Right. No, I totally agree with you. Hey, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Get a free trial and a free book. Do it. Uh, you can also go to uh, that wrestling show where you hear me talk a lot more about wrestling every week. Coming up next week, talking about wrestling, we will have uh, a review of uh, the three first episodes of the Dania Warrior podcast. Uh, are you looking forward to this? I'm not really sure yet, but I mean, it's only three episodes. Can't be that bad uh, as far as <laughs> length goes, but it can be pretty bad as far as quality goes. So let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, uh. 
We are going to have a Cast Rock episode 8 review. We will talk news of the week. And we will have a, another digital review of the movie Kim. Correct. Kim. That's short. What is it about? I'm guessing it's a horror movie. Oh, fantasy science film is what it says. Oh. All those things we will talk of next week. Well, uh, from uh, Milky Norway, this has been another Digital Citizen episode 181. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. 